Music and Ministry TechCast. Well, that's right. You are listening to the Music and Ministry TechCast. So glad that you joined us because this is the place where we get to talk about all the technical things that are involved in leading worship. And I sometimes long for the days where we could be just like Jesus and get on a boat and get a little distance from the shore and just let the water be our sound system. But that is not the world that we are living in because most churches are not located right next to a lake. And we have these sound systems that then we have to figure out how to use and they're expensive and there's lots of buttons. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about the EQ section of your soundboard because it really is one of the most important areas of sound. And there's lots of things that you can do to affect the sound before it even gets there and a lot of things that come after the soundboard that affect it as well. But so many churches are afraid of that EQ section. And some of them have even had tape across the soundboard that was like, do not touch. And because some guy like me came there and they made it sound good. And now I don't really know how to change it or what it would do if you touch something. So just leave it no touchy. And while I can appreciate the fear and terror of not knowing what certain buttons do, uh, there is a better way. And so today we wanted to talk just about the importance of learning that section and then share with you some tips and some funny stories of things that have happened in the past. So really the first thing I would say is make sure that you spend some time learning how to EQ. And EQ is short for equalization, which just means that you're able to adjust the different parts of the sound. You can make the low sounds louder, or you can make the high sounds louder or quieter or the midsection. Or if you have more advanced equipment, you can then be very precise in the area that you're affecting. Which brings up a big point in that not all sound systems are created equal. And there are some where you only get one knob. One of my favorite stories of soundboards was using the Fender Passport, which was a portable sound system that had an internal battery that lasted, you know, like two or three hours and you could take out and use. But for EQ, it only had one knob and it was either blue or turned to brown. And so we thought that was very funny. And so we kept asking, can I get a little more blue? No, I, I need a little more brown here. And that was just how they labeled it. They thought, well, brighter is gonna be blue and then darker will be more brown, which really is the same principle as the tone knob on a guitar. And that you know makes sense for Fender because they make guitars and then that's how they would make their sound system where it's just brighter if you turn it one way, starker if you turn it another. And that's about the simplest soundboard I have ever used. So there's three basic controls that you may or may not have depending on which soundboard you bought. But the first is gonna be gain, which is making that area of the sound louder or quieter. Now each time you have one of those gain knobs, it's gonna be called a band, which is short for bandwidth, meaning that you're only affecting not the overall sound, but only part of that sound. So they'll have high, they'll maybe have a mid high, a mid low, and a low, which is pretty standard on most soundboards, or if you have like a five band EQ or a seven band EQ, or if you get the 31 band EQ, which is for like tuning your room, you're gonna have 31 different areas where you can control the volume of just that specific part. So the more bands you have, usually the more control you can have, but then at some point it kind of gets confusing and they end up fighting against each other and it's hard to know exactly what you're doing. So most sound systems are gonna have four. Now the next control that you're gonna have will be the frequency and that's controlling where you're making that adjustment. 
So in a lot of older sound systems or analog systems, you're gonna find that the high and the low don't have a frequency knob and that those are set and that's something called a shelf. And so the middle ones will have that control. Now, when I got first started in recording, I had a high, a low, and then I had a medium with this frequency knob or sometimes it's called a sweep. And I would go incessantly with that knob and turn it and turn it and look for, man, where is the sound gonna be the best? and then came to find out that I had not moved the gain knob, which was labeled G, at all. So I can laugh about it now, but at the time it was doing absolutely nothing because frequency is just moving back left and right. It's like those machines outside of the stores where they have the little claw and it's dangling above the toys or sometimes they're high-end electronic products and you pay your money and you use the little joystick control where that claw is. At some point you gotta push that button, otherwise you've done nothing. And that's really what I was doing is I was just moving that over and moving and like maybe here, maybe there, and then not ever pushing that button. And so it's funny now, but I also find that a lot of people do not know that those two knobs are connected. That one controls where you're making the adjustment and the other one is actually making an adjustment. So you wanna look for that on your soundboard. If you have an analog soundboard, there'll be some sort of line like a bracket that will connect those two. Sometimes the tops will have different colors just to help you make sense of where knobs are, but it's an important function, again, that I find a lot of people just don't know. So the last control then is what's called Q, or it's the range of how much you're selecting within your range. So if you have that feature, you can then affect a broader area or a smaller area, and that gives you pinpoint accuracy with some of the different problems that can arise. So those are the three ones, gain, frequency, and then Q. You'll also find that there are some things called filters, and those are either low pass filters or low cut filters, high pass filters, and really those two things are the same thing, it's just about how do you think about it. And the biggest difference is if you're letting the low sounds pass, that means that you're cutting off the highs. If you're letting the high sounds pass, then you're cutting off the lows. Now, a vast majority of soundboards are gonna have some sort of high pass filter or low cut. And if you have an analog board, it's probably at the top of your channel strip and it's a button that's gonna have a line going to the left and then look like it goes downhill. And that will probably be set at about 80 hertz. And that's just saying, hey, we're not gonna let any of those sounds pass through. Now, I have been to so many churches where on the kick drum, that button is pushed and that is actually the sound of where the kick drum's supposed to be. So do me a favor and just go check your soundboard, make sure that that button's not pushed. But you do wanna push that on all of your vocal channels. You would do that if you were miking your cymbals because that then says, hey, vocals aren't gonna be down in that range. We might as well just cut them off and only let the ranges pass through that are going to be heard. Now, you would sometimes look for a low pass or a high cut if you were doing something like for the kick drum or if you were trying to take off some of the high end of the bass guitar to just have the rumble and none of the pluck sound come through, well, those are then additional features which is not available on many analog boards, but would certainly be a feature in all the digital boards. So between all those functions, the gain, the frequency, the cue, and you'll have you know bands of those or bandwidths that are all working together, and then you'll have a high pass and then a low pass. The last thing that I will mention to you about EQ is that the new trend that's coming out is to have dynamic EQ. And it's a new frontier, so hey, there's new things to learn. So really what a dynamic EQ is, is that you're allowed to set certain responses if something happens. 
So one of the main things would be a de-esser. What happens is that you set the sound and then all of a sudden somebody says an S or a sibilant sound and then the next thing you know, you're like, whoa, that's too much, it's too bright, let's turn down that brightness. Well, it doesn't sound as good as it did most of the time when he's not saying S's, it only sounds better when he says an S. So rather than adjusting for when it's bad, we will adjust for what it's good and then have this filter, this way to change dynamically when he does hit an S. And so then it has this little sensor that is listening for when you say an S and then it will turn or change the EQ to then make that S sound good. Now that's also true if you have some sort of honky spot in your voice where maybe you sing the verses down low and it kind of makes your voice sound weird. Well, you can set a parameter where when you hit those low frequencies, it makes them a little less or makes it brighter. And so then you're able to adjust on the fly depending on how you're singing, what the EQ is. So if you're in the recording space, you should check out a plugin called C6 by Waves. And then a lot of the soundboards are having that feature now included. So dynamic EQ. Well, hey, that is a lot about EQ. Hopefully you knew some of that and hopefully you didn't. So that way you can press into the next level of things. Well, hey, if you have any questions about EQ or some other subject technical, please feel free to give us an email at musicandministryconference at gmail.com. You can visit our website to find all, all kinds of other information at musicandministry.co. Well, we hope you join us again next time. And until then, be techie, be awesome, and God bless. <laughs>